Hello and welcome to the first episode of Brand New World. We're starting off with a really special guest. Meet Vikas Bagaria, a serial entrepreneur and a seasoned businessman with more than 23 years of experience in setting up and successfully running businesses from scratch. Vikas and his wife Srijana founded PeaceSafe. You might have heard of it. It's the world's fastest growing personal hygiene brand. When Srijana fell sick on one of their road trips and was diagnosed with urinary tract infection, they came up with the brilliant idea of a toilet seat sanitizer spray. More recently, in January of 2020, PeaceSafe was awarded as the best SMB brand of the year by none other than Amazon India in the presence of Jeff Bezos. PeaceSafe is now available across 70 cities in India and across X number of countries. I say X because we want Vikas himself to reveal that number because we promise you it's going to blow everyone's mind. From a one product company, PeaceSafe now boasts of over 15 different products in its portfolio. And besides founding and running PeaceSafe full-time, he helps the Indian defense aerospace power transformer and energy companies in conditional based monitoring systems now that's some diversity he also founded his first company vr forklift in 1997 followed by srv exclusive sales partner of spotsee world's leader in real time monitoring and tracking damage prevention and conditional based monitoring in the year 2003 now let's welcome vikas pagaria Thank you, thank you, Ujwal. Uh, that was a that was a very long introduction. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you know uh, about me. I think I think uh, very much you have said. Uh, coming from old school uh, business family, uh, you know, graduated after that. Saw internet in ninety five. Uh, I'll say that people born in early seventies, they have seen the best of both worlds. and i think it happens uh, with everyone and from my uh, age group mm-hmm. that uh, we really uh, have learned from people like yourself uh, uh, and how to how to you know scale businesses right so uh, about me uh, born in a, a normal middle class family in calcutta uh, you know uh, had a very uh, i think safe childhood uh my father uh was also uh, uh uh the entrepreneur himself he started way back in 64 and i can proudly say that uh, he was one of the first guy who bought forklifts or material handling equipment in india so i think that came from him to start something new uh but i think that i i draw inspiration from my sister uh very few know that uh, she started a venture when she was 16 years old way back in 87 and she was india's first lingerie designer uh i was i was hardly 10 years old at that time and i always used to wear her red she can do by contai oh that's uh, really awesome <laughs> we didn't know that yeah and now uh, she she has uh, a very big brand uh, uh, definitely now not calling herself as a startup founder but a true business uh, uh you know uh, the best inspiration i got from her when she applied for nift uh and she couldn't go, uh, get into it uh, uh you know maybe because uh uh she was not ready she didn't had a, a good background 
I think uh, she did qualify for the written uh, for, for the entrance, uh, but I think she got uh, rejected in the in the group discussion or in the interview. Uh, uh okay. but but that day that day she made it a point that uh i will definitely uh come to nift one day and uh, after 20 years uh, of that incident uh she is the visiting faculty in each and every fashion institute across the world that is amazing that's that's an inspiring story Yeah, so actually, actually, ये सभी छोटी मोटी चीजें हैं जैसे कि आई आई गॉट इंस्पायर्ड एंड वेन आई ग्रेजुएटेड इन नाइनटी फाइव सो आई स्टडीजेज कॉलेजनॉमिक्स एंड इंटरनेट के and uh, uh i i wanted to start my own business rather than going into my dad's where who was into material handling and warehousing so you know i i formed a company uh, that i do i'll do something on my own but you know uh, at that point of time calcutta uh, uh opportunity uh to work with the uh, airports authority of india in delhi and they were right. they were awarding tenders for managing their import and export uh handling mm-hmm. of uh, goods and uh, i was lucky that i got that contract and i moved to delhi in 99 and i got the the contract of managing their import and export cargoes using my material handling equipments uh took a lot of loans uh uh of course that time startup was not a word that was all business you have to take right. you have to take funds from family friends institutions or the banks so right. uh, so i took so i took money from everywhere uh, uh, of course it i guess that that came with a lot of less uh, bullshit than than i guess uh, yeah alternative yeah. forms of funding <laughs> it was more straightforward Ab- i guess absolutely aapke paas saman hai aap the collateral do and you get the money right and you have to pay it from your yeah. from your income uh, I, uh, yeah. so i i i took i took a, a, a loan uh, and then started buying those equipments and put it there but you know the world fall apart uh when 2002 uh though i knew that it's going to happen but in 2002 it was official yeah. that uh, the airport authority and the delhi airport uh became privatized it went to gmr uh good right. for nation good for india as whole but for me uh they said your contract gets over uh we won't be yeah. we won't be continue the same contract uh, uh so blah 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 so you know uh i my dad also uh, always used to tell me that uh, you know whenever you are in a business whenever you are in a relationship whenever you are anywhere either it's an employee employer or anything always believe in one thing ask you know agar main hindi mein bolu to poocho zarur na to hai what if what if yes right but but do ask but do ask Yeah. So, so I I yeah. did the same thing. Uh, I went to the uh, the GM of uh, the venture there, and I said, you know what? Okay, I'm 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 on the way out. But what if I give you my entire equipment at a at a certain price, and which definitely mm-hmm. you're gonna buy or you're gonna outsource? And uh, mm-hmm. you know, he was so so surprised that I, even when I'm going out, I'm 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 you know floating with a one stick, and I'm also trying my yeah. trying hard to to float. 
uh, he said, because I want to hear this out. So I made a presentation and gave it to him. And it was, uh, I think God was kind that uh, he took the offer and uh, I came out with a very less losses. Of course, losses were there, but right. it was very less loss. So I believed in uh, that if I would not have asked, if I would not have tried, I would have taken a huge loss when I was only uh, right. uh, 26, 27 years old at that point of time. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah. because I, I, we do have a question at this point. I, I think it's just important for our viewers to kind of get the full picture. And I apologize for interrupting your story. But before we get to your other ventures, it's important for viewers to understand, especially the younger viewers, uh, to understand. So, you said that you were 26, 27 at that time. Right? Yes. And the first business that you're running is huge in scope, right? Like you're working with the Airports Authority of India, you're doing import export, right? It's it's a big, it's a big business with a lot of moving parts, right? Nowadays, when younger people think of like starting something from ground zero, they, you know, it's it's an internet driven economy. So it's most likely a SaaS startup, you know, that's the majority of it, etc, etc. And I'm not saying that they're any less complex or any less difficult. But handling real molecules in a business adds like just that extra layer of uncertainty, uh, risk and problems, right? So what would you say to people who are getting into, you know, starting a business at an early age and, you know, they're, they're kind of taking the easier way out? I, I mean, do you, do you think they're taking the easier way out, first of all? And if they are, what advice would you have to them? Like, how would they get over their fear of starting like a real solid business? Very good question, uh, Ujwal. Uh, what I've seen over the years that people wants to, you know, uh, duplicate something. They don't want to come out with their mm -hmm. own ideas. They said, I want to start because mm -hmm. I want to raise funding. So I always say that right. if you want to start, there's not necessary that you'll be solving a real-time problem. Because, right. and during my days, it wasn't a startup. It was more of a business, right? Why Why right. you're not going into a job and you're doing something on your own is that you can, uh, you're not responsible to anyone else. You can do whatever you want right. to and you can create your own destiny, right? Versus right. versus if you're working in a, in a corporate or somewhere else. So don't start because you are, you are, you are, you are seeing that the, 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 uh, the poster boy of India uh, you know, the Flipkarts or the Oyos or the Olas of the world have done so well for themselves, mm -hmm. right? You can also do no. The success rate is very, very low. So don't start right. that you have an idea and you can you can make it a business. The key here mm -hmm. is execution. Mm -hmm. I think nobody actually gives stress on execution. They just give a stress and I have an idea and it can work. Because if you have an execution skill, then only you should start. Uh, so I think I think that's very important that whenever you want to do business, don't just follow anyone. Uh, I'll also always tell these guys, the people that have some kind of experience before you start. So I mm -hmm. I had an experience. I was lucky that uh, my my dad had a business, and I from from my first year onwards, I used to go to the office for a couple of hours and see how things were. Uh, so everyone everyone right. is not that uh, lucky. Uh, so always work for a couple of years, see how things work, see how people treat you or you treat others. Because if you have that kind of experiences, when you run your own venture, it will be so much easy for you to, to, to accommodate everything into one piece and give it back. 
So I think that's important. Uh, learn first, see how things go, and execution is the key. Don't just come out one day and say, I have an idea, I have a domain name, and I want to start, and I want to raise funding tomorrow. It, it doesn't happen like that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, no, definitely. I mean, we are very much aligned with that school of thinking. Um, it's just hard to explain to people who are just coming in, right? Because, you know, traditionally, everything you see around you, um, you know, the, the kind of business news that filters down to to the common layperson or the, a person who's just starting out in, in business or entrepreneurship it's the success stories of the day and age and the success stories of the day and age are are kind of i guess the metrics that they use are scale so when you go after that then you lose out the essence of of you know what it means to start a business and why you should start a business and you know what works uh, statistically speaking versus what doesn't work statistically speaking and all of those uh, you know uh, finer points they 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 miss out on that but yeah, no, we, we definitely agree with you. Um, also, just want to say this is Tirthak, not Ujjwal. I mean, I have no problem giving Ujjwal credit. But uh, yeah, I also... So that was my question. <laughs> so sorry. So uh, sorry, Tirthak. So sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries, Vikas. Um, I'm just kidding around. But uh, yeah, so uh, I, I know Ujjwal is dying to ask his set of questions. So I'll... I'll, uh, I'll have him lead the next segment of the conversation. But thanks, Vikas. That was an so, excellent answer. Yeah, uh, Vikas, like slightly, I want to dive into a huge Dada fan, by the way. And like, you know, I, I while doing the research, I, I came across you have some experiences with him. So I just wanted to like, you know, from the personal perspective, uh, how, how did like playing cricket for uh, a state has, you know, like helped you to become a better entrepreneur or, you know, that that uh, competitiveness has it has it drilled down into the personality so that's that's something that i wanted to understand uh, i'm going back to the nostalgic uh, lane now um, <laughs> you know coming from calcutta titak knows about it that sports and culture is in your blood no matter if you are a bengali yeah. or if you're non non bengali or if you are a marwadi out of calcutta you can't you yeah. can't take out sports you, especially football and cricket out of calcutta so so I always used to idolize uh, Kapil Dev uh, uh, when I was growing up. 83, I was only 10 years old. I still have that memory, him lifting uh, uh, the cup at the, at the balcony at the lodge. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think that point of time I really wanted. I think the entire generation of ours wanted to become a cricketer after uh, uh, June uh, of 83. Uh, I think that yeah. that also came back to me, and uh, I was I was well built thanks to my my genes. I was tall. I was I was mm-hmm. well built, and I wa- really wanted to be in sports. So I was I was one of the fastest runner in my school. Uh, I, I used to be a shot putter, and uh, that gave me well a lot of discipline uh, in life. And uh, whosoever knows about Calcutta, we have this medan the, the where right. where every morning. 4.30, 5 o'clock, we used to go and guard the pitch and we used to play there. Uh, hundreds of people are mm-hmm. playing across crisscross and, and it's a great fun. And I think major majority of the uh, the cricketers of, of Bengal has born out of there, just like Shivaji Park in, in, in Mumbai. Uh, so uh, I, I started representing my school. Uh, I studied in Birla High School uh, in Calcutta. <clears throat> uh, from class 8, I was in the school team. Uh, 11 and 12, school captain. 
uh, and uh, I had a chance of being the ball boy uh, in the uh, Prudential Cup, 87 Prudential Cup. Uh, that was one of my biggest moments uh, when seeing Australia, oh, wow. Australia lifting yeah. the cup and being at the ground, uh, throwing the ball back uh, uh, to, the, to, the, to the cricketers. Uh, and and happened to meet everyone. I think that's that was the biggest moment. And that day I decided that I want to be a cricketer again and want to play for India. Uh, I was a fast. <laughs> I was a fast bowler, and uh, because of my uh, my team, uh, which was which was fairly in top three in school uh, inter school competition, uh, I got selected uh, for Bengal uh, for a for a training camp for under nineteen. Uh, I used to play some uh, uh, district level cricket and inter schools and other stuff. And uh, I played one match in under 19 uh, Ranji Trophy uh, uh, where I, I bowled. Uh, but then my, my college was coming in and uh, somehow I couldn't uh, attend the nets and I couldn't get uh, a chance to, to, to represent again Bengal. And again, there are a lot of politics, uh, uh, which my dad uh, was, was never agreed to that how we can you know, place yourself. Uh, and that was unfortunate that there were a lot of, lot of politics uh, and I think still there uh, to get into the team. But uh, uh, when you talk about Dada, uh, I, I got into Javier's uh, and then, uh, you know, there he was. He was a, he was a college captain. And uh, you, you, you have played under 19. Uh, you were known in Calcutta as a fast bowler. So automatically I was, I was picked into the college team. And uh, I, I started playing under him. Uh, that time he came back from his first World Cup in Australia, where uh, we still remember uh, he came back and he said he couldn't even play a single ball. Uh, <clears throat> and, and then he came back and he started practicing and he used to, he used to make us bowl for continuously six hours. You know, and he just used to... <laughs> and, and, and he would say that, for next 12 deliveries of yours, I will only hit in one particular direction. And he used to do that. If it's a, if it's a, mm. a square drive, we all know that he's a god of square drive, right? So, uh, right. so he, you, you bowl it on your leg side also. He will move to your left, his left, and will do a square drive. He was that good. <laughs> I think that, nice. that made the biggest comeback of all time when he scored a century on his debut uh, yeah. in London. Uh, in his test yeah. debut, of course, he did a one-day debut in Australia. Uh, but I think yeah. I mean, what what I learned from him was the spirit of team, team spirit, uh, uh, never say die attitude, and that mm-hmm. if you want to do something, you can achieve it, no matter what. It's just that you have to believe in yourself. I think that's what I learned from him, and really helped me across. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, no, I mean, so both of us, uh, you know, kind of grew up in the golden age of Dada. So uh, I'm a little older than Ujwal. Um, so I came into it first. And obviously, being a Bengali, I have a, you know, uh, I have obviously an affinity grows for, for someone representing, you know, your kind of people, your state, etc. Uh, on the national level so uh, initially i was not a fan of dada growing <laughs> up when i was uh, when i when i didn't have enough intelligence <laughs> to understand the game um, obviously i went for like more traditional heroes like you know sachin uh, and and you know the rest of them uh, but over time you know it it as as my interests i i've seen this like as my interests matured in other pursuits of life where you know, similar traits were needed, the the aggression or the self-belief or the confidence, then I started to appreciate what he was doing with the Indian team more and more. So I guess that's that's the parallel that I draw 
but okay, no, that's a that's a, it's been a wonderful discussion so far. But uh, you know, just just for our audience, I guess we'll have to move towards P Safe. I know everyone's here to listen uh, about P Safe. So, uh, so because you know, you've you like you said, you started twenty six, twenty seven, right? Like with with a huge venture, you took a risk, right? It sort of, kind of paid off, didn't pay off. And then you did multiple other, uh, you know, businesses. But then I, I'm and uh, feel free to correct us if you're wrong. But like you, you were pretty successful, right? Like you were, you were stable, you were successful, you were financially okay. But then at the age of forty, you decided to start the journey all over again and and build your startup. And you know, like what we undo, we want to understand is that you know the uh, there's a there's a classic kind of like framework, right? Like that is applied to startups by, let's say, venture capitalists or, or other people who want to see if a startup will succeed or not. And obviously, one of the things is, um, you know, your background, your pedigree, uh, are you in the right place or time uh, of your life to start the startup? How hungry are you for it? And as I'm going through that well, for me, it's it's a stupid checklist. So I'll, I'll just say stupid checklist. Uh, this is my podcast and I can say what I want. But <laughs> uh, according to that stupid checklist of metrics, um, this is not a good idea for a startup. Like the, the timing is not right, right? If I were like a traditional VC, I would write you off. Um, starting at age 40, I don't think you have enough motivation because you already have enough you know, stability or like success in other businesses, you already have like a couple of other huge businesses running, how much attention would you be able to pay to this? Why are you not full time, which is the age old, most ridiculous question I've ever come across. But that's another story, I guess. So because what would you say to people? Is there a perfect time to start up? Is there a perfect set of conditions that you need to meet to start up? And could you relate that to your own P-Safe story? So we'll get into the P-Safe story now. Wow. No, I think I think you. Sorry, it's a huge question. I know. <laughs> no, I think you asked all the relevant uh, question, and you touched everything which has uh, been a journey of mine uh, when I started PeaceSafe. And you're right. Uh, you know, after starting '97, got a break uh, in 2002. I started again in SRV. That's a different story, which if you want to hear, I can talk about later. But in 2010, right. uh, uh, I was I was pretty started out. Uh, everything in life, uh, you know, what a, a person. Uh, success, money, uh, good family, uh, no health issues, and and, and a good team. Uh, but 2013 happened when uh, I was not having any kind of uh, challenges. In fact, 2012, December, uh, Nirbhaya Rape mm-hmm. uh, gave me, uh, you know, the entire India was sh- shaken. And uh, yeah. so, so... Yeah, I was at India Gate for three nights straight. Uh, I remember that. So, so you'll relate with this. 16th of December, this happened. And on 25th of December, I floated a company called Safety Cut. Uh, in, in less mm-hmm. than a week, week's mm-hmm. time, and I uh, because uh, I, I was seeing e-commerce was happening around me, and uh, so this will lead to PSF actually. So, uh, right. so safety cart uh, was India's one of the first venture into e-commerce into only on the safety products. Uh, started with child safety, uh, women safety, home safety, travel, sports, school, this adventures relate with safety. Uh, you can get on on right. safety cart. Uh, uh, I saw that. Right. Uh, Snapdeal and uh, Flipkart was growing up. Amazon was about to come in, and e-commerce was a flavor. Uh, yeah. That's what I got to know from my friends who came back in the dot-com burst and started doing a lot of stuff in in late twenty two uh, thousands, uh, around eight and nine. 
So, uh, so that started. I, I went online in uh, in February 2013. Really successful. Uh, uh, we, at one point of time, we were selling. Healthcart used to do uh, in health. We, we were we were the only one in safety. So it was it was around uh, um, uh, June, uh, April, March, April that Srijana and I uh, we took a road trip. And uh, by the way, I'm into a lot of adventure sports. I used to do long distance cycling and and long distance driving and all uh, off roading. So I was driving to Dwarkadish in Gujarat uh, just for a religious thing. And uh, in Ahmedabad, she falls sick, and uh, we have to abandon our trip and fly back. Uh, and uh, she was so uh, bad that uh, she was admitted to the hospital and diagnosed with uh, UTI, urinary tract infection. And uh, so while she was in the hospital, uh, you know, I, I asked the doctor, what can be the cause? I said, of course, is, uh, uh, unsanitized washroom is one of the reasons of getting UTI. Uh, so I started researching on UTI and I saw that 200 million, 200 million uh, women across the world suffer from UTI every year. Uh, 20% of men in their lifetime, one in two women in their lifespan suffer from UDI. And toilet and unhygienic toilet is one of the, one of the main uh, reasons. There are many other reasons as well. And I started looking for a product which, which uh, reduces the risk of UDI. And I was surprised that there was no uh, thing which can be applied on a pot, uh, on the surface of the pot or maybe on the toilet seat. Which can, uh, which can kill the E. coli bacteria which actually causes UTI. There was only sanitizers. People using uh, putting the sanitizer on the on the tissue paper and wiping wiping it off, and then flushing it or throwing it here and there, and then you need to wash your hands as well. Interesting. Okay. So, being an entrepreneur, uh, being an old school, uh, you know, there's got the opportunity. So I said, hey, let's 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 look into it. Uh, that's how uh, PSAFE got born. Uh, very simple idea. Uh, I, I used uh, uh, the formulation of a sanitizer, which is an IPA, into a bottle if it can spray it on a surface, which can evaporate in 5 to 10 seconds and can kill the, the, the bacteria uh, which are present on the toilet seat. And I was surprised when, when I started Googling it and uh, talking to my, my, my friends' network uh, from my other businesses, which is into conditional-based monitoring system for aerospace and defense. So I reached out to my 60 other co-distributors partners that can they find something uh, which can be sprayed on a toilet seat and, you know, that can be used as a toilet seat sanitizer spray. And everyone came back and say, uh, boy, there's nothing, nothing in the world. And I Googled it and I tried to uh, try to find a lot of stuff, but no. So PSEF was born as, as more of a discovery, not an invention. Uh, and it became the world's first toilet seat sanitizer spray. Uh, so this is which, which sounds very very obvious now, and it wasn't yeah. really then. Yeah, I guess the best inventions are like you know it's stuff that sounds obvious after someone's already made it. Absolutely, and and, and so this is this is how it started, and uh, and you rightly said uh, uh, I was I was about to uh, uh, turn forty. Uh, uh, nothing more challenging in in my life to 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 try uh, something on the startup ecosystem. So, so I thought, okay, let's, let's, let's start it. And, uh, I think the, the main, uh, I'd say the, the mistake which I did was I didn't realize the potential of PSAFE at that point of time. I was focusing more mm-hmm. on building safety cart as a, mm-hmm. as a, as a venture, uh, into e-commerce because A, uh, I didn't have that background of management or consultancy or, or 
pedigree, you know, when you're coming from. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, we, we laugh because not at you, Vikas. We're laughing with you because we've both, you know, done startups and we've come across that uh, pretty often. <laughs> so, so, so there's a story There's a story about pedigree also and I'll let you know then and there because that really helped me what I am today. Uh, that rejection. Yes, uh, we'll definitely come to that. <laughs> so... We started building safety, selling PSAFE under safety, uh, under safety card as a platform. By 2016, I had sold around 100,000 units only. Uh, but I was very surprised that I, I used to get a call, uh, emails from as far as Australia, Nigeria, Brazil, Canada, uh, that they want to want to buy a toiletry sanitizer. They were like, I actually uh, traced down 20 different gynecologists across India within that four years. Uh, uh, they started recommending P-Safe, not as a toiletry sanitizer spray, but P-Safe. And I used to get a call from, uh, one day I got a call in 2014 uh, from Imphal uh, that uh, that I need a P-Safe medicine, right? <laughs> so, That's amazing. So, so the gynecologist, maybe she had heard somewhere or maybe one of the patient has told yeah. her or in one of the conferences yeah, yeah. she has attended, uh, that there's a product product which uh, which if you can spray on the toilet seat uh, and it reduces right. the risk of UTI. And I have done a lot of research work, a lot of lot of uh, insight that it really reduces the the risk of UTI uh, because it kills bacteria. Uh, right. Uh, so that was uh, from the infall that there was a there was a chemist who who received this uh, 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 prescription uh, from his patient uh, from one of his clients. Which was prescribed by a uh, by a gynecologist there, Imphal. Just imagine all in all the world. I think Imphal was one of the first city where where I had my first chemist selling uh, in 2014 uh, a PSAFE. Uh, so uh, uh, this is how it, it it all went. In four years, I'm really focusing on uh, on building up uh, safety cart. Never worried about uh, I can create a D2C brand. There was no word called D2C at that point of time, right? Uh, everyone was investing in SaaS technology and other stuff. Koi koi bolo. And I, I, I was never been a uh, guy who used to raise money. I has always been. Uh, I was raising money from banks. Uh, banks will never fund any any venture which are into losses, something like that. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> I wonder why because. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, or so, uh, uh, yeah. So, so it took me four years, and uh, I realized. Uh, I was seeing people around me getting success. Uh, I think 2014 to 16 was the right time where the coffee logo and they started building it up. And I and I, I can say that I I take pride in say that I I have been into the startup ecosystem so late because I use my knowledge, my patience, and 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 the and the zeal and the and the and the hunger of you guys, uh, which which were which were there 20 years younger than me, and they can do so much of. Uh, so my opportunity cost was very high. Uh, I know, I know, and of course, people were coming in say, early twenty. The opportunity cost is very low for them. But I thought, uh, I thought that was I don't have to lose anything. The product was created for love, right? And uh, by love. So I think that kept me going, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and just right. to let you know that in in 2016 December, I was got so bored of not scaling P safe that I actually wanted to sell it off. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, uh, because then Chandrayaan 2 was about to happen for my other businesses and I wanted for a good three months in Bangalore on the project with ISRO. Mm-hmm. 
because we work very closely with aerospace indian aerospace so uh, so i went out in the market and i was surprised when people say i will not even pay you 50 lakh rupees for this brand and uh, uh, so i went to my wife who was again my co-founder as well and said you you created pizza for me i eh? for love why do you want to sell it you don't need money right so just keep it there doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter if it sells or not but uh, you have created something so leave leave behind some legacy so i think i right. think that was a that was the second best piece of advice i got from her and i think we are we were lucky that i i i hanged on there and and pizza is what is today yeah yeah no that's that's wonderful to hear actually like for you know we're, we're still like kind of like young entrepreneurs ourselves and i'm sure like a lot of people listening in will be even younger right uh, i i think this is a wonderful story for us to hear and learn from more importantly um because i i was listening to you um you know um uh, i was listening to you as you went through the story and i i i feel like it would be helpful for our listeners as well as as well as ourselves uh, <laughs> to be very honest with you hum ye podcast apne liye kar rahe hain <laughs> we are very selfish <laughs> we're just calling people we want to learn from and this is like the shortest route to education for ourselves <laughs> it's also free um so yeah no but but seriously there's some questions that ujwal and i typically have right um one of the main theses that that that, that we're trying to kind of solve for is let's say someone is starting from scratch right and and from scratch can have different definitions like kisi ke paas paisa nahi hai kisi ke paas experience nahi hai kisi ke paas contacts nahi hai so on and so forth so you started from scratch in the sense of not having any experience in this vertical am i right is is that a fair assumption so when you talk about fmcg or when you talk about direct to consumer yes i didn't had any any experience whatsoever i was completely a b2b b2b guy yeah right right okay uh and and did you have any experience with research or r&d of products nothing so that begs the question how, how would you do you have any framework or any anything that that anyone else can replicate if they want to start up in a, a vertical or a segment that they have no experience in so i think there's no laid down were framework or really you don't need any kind of experiences i think what is most important here is your conviction and what is important mm-hmm. is how hungry you are to learn i i had right. always been a good listener right and when i when i started psef i did uh, uh eventually when i came out with a bottle it took me 4 months mm-hmm. so i went to the doctors gynecologist what the issue was i went to the chemist to see what kind of chemical what kind of ingredient can go into it i sat with them i understand with them i i re- i went to the can manufacturer to see what type of different sizes of things are available and you know at 40 when you have everything in your life you are settled but at that point of time i i i became a a 16 year old or an 18 year old boy who wanted to learn everything from every possible stranger who can came across me i think that helped me in in learning about the vertical in learning about uh this thing so I, as of now i can say i'm i'm 90% gynecologist i don't have the degree only but i am a gynecologist <laughs> right 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, we feel you. <laughs> we, we've been there in, in smaller capacities ourselves. Yeah, because, because uh, yeah, I think from a yeah. as a, we have the entire range of intimate hygiene product and we have all and uh, so that's why I say I, I, I was saying that I'm almost I don't have a degree but I'm a gynecologist right so right. So, so my advice to to all the people listening here is you know you don't really don't need anything any degree or something like that if you believe in sit with people start listening to it start absorbing it and I'm, I'm sure then your your hunger your peace of mind your passion uh, or the courage uh, uh will definitely uh, uh uh will will take take ahead so i always say that i always my passion is always waiting for my courage to get up uh so right. so so my courage is always far far more bigger than my passion and then that leads me to it so that's is important uh learn learn and learn and be honest to yourself yeah yeah no definitely definitely and and i i think ujwal and i also believe uh that you know uh, you don't necessarily uh, as the founder of a business you don't necessarily need to know everything you can also surround yourself with people who do right and and you can if you have a vision and if it's if you have a passion for what you're building if you think that that's actually a problem that needs to get solved you will be able to convince other people who know how to solve the problem to come help you solve that problem absolutely absolutely and just want to add here is uh, at this point of time after we just started in 2013 and then we restarted in 2017 when i when i started raising funding for that you know each and every team member in psef we have around 200 people if i say 100 of them are far 100 times more smarter than me i always believe in hiring yeah. the smartest of the talent who can teach me something who can who can who can come come to me and say vikas you are wrong i want to work with those guys i always work with those yeah. guys who challenge me who push me to the wall I think I think that's what uh, a piece of success is all about. Uh, I I say I'm the most dumbest guy in the room when I go in because because there are there are people who are 20, 21, 22, 23, the Gen X, right? Gen, so Gen Z, so Gen Zs, uh, they are crazy. You know, till last year, since 2017 to 19, my head of R&D at Psafe was a 20 year old girl. so so that's what brings in get the smartest people around you got it got it no that that really makes sense and uh, like i said yeah, we were just sitting here taking a lot of notes uh, i wish you could see us our desk is covered in notes at this point um but you know because this is this is gold right like honestly uh, when i started out my journey just a little bit of context right because uh, and for our listeners as well to understand where my questions and my point of views are coming in uh, points of view are coming in uh, into this conversation so i you know i grew up in a family uh, background in an economic background that was like just dirt poor right uh, we were barely making it through and then you know uh, somehow i got enough scholarships to go to the us i studied there i started working there you know slowly over time i kind of like put my family back together and after that i started my own startup and some of the things that like you know really really uh piss me off <laughs> for lack of a more uh, politically correct term is when people from you know uh, positions of power or privilege uh say to young entrepreneurs um you know uh 
they, they, they ignore how big of a role privilege pay, plays in building up a startup, right? They ignore how, how rare it is to have uh, certain forms of knowledge readily available to you, right? Uh, because it's, it's very hard to think outside of your bubble, right? Um, you know, we have been lucky to have a good education. We have been lucky to be, you know, have certain things provided to us in our lives. But we take them for granted. Like we, we assume that, hey, everyone knows the alphabet, right? So everyone can write a story. But no, not everyone knows the alphabet. So uh, all that to say that I really appreciate when I talk to people like you and, you know, you kind of break it down into like the most absolute essentials and fundamentals and, and give people hope that even if you're starting from actual zero in terms of, you know, knowledge in this case, you can, you can still make it just by, you know, pushing through that. And, and, and just having a learning attitude always and, and looking for sources to learn. It's not always easy. It's not always available, like I said. But but there are hacks to that, I guess. Um, one of those hacks, uh, because I would be very interested in understanding. Um, I didn't even ask you if you agree with my thesis, but I'm just going to plow on, I guess. Um, uh, but but we would be very un- interested in understanding how you applied this to the manufacturing part. Because that's more of a a more ground, like concrete technical uh, kind of issue, right? So uh, you mentioned briefly that you went to can manufacturers uh, and, and so on and so forth. Um, so Ujwal and I had started a, a quick startup, just not even a startup, just like a project um, to make like mixers for alcoholic drinks. Um, and, you know, one of the major problems that we ran into is, is uh, manufacturing, right? Uh, from the product to, you know, sourcing the raw materials to sourcing the bottles, etc. Do you have any advice for younger startups who are dealing in physical goods or physical manufacturing and, and how that can work out for them? No, absolutely. But first of all, uh, you know, what you have done, Tirtak, for yourself, congratulations for that. I think very few people who, who come out from uh, the background and then grew up and take care of their family. So I, I really huge regard for you. Uh, you know, you have done so good for yourself. So, uh, Coming Thank back you. to your question, uh, you know, I had an experience of of running businesses uh, when in 2013 when I started with PSafe. Uh, it was close to 15 years I was I was into business. Uh, so I thought, do I do I need to create a uh, a product? Uh, I should market it or should I go into manufacturing? Now to go into manufacturing, you need a lot more capital. Uh, because because if you are manufacturing, uh, if you set up a plant, you have to have that kind of scale to sustain the plant cost. But I, I, I don't know that how much product I will be able to sell. So I thought for myself that why should I reinvent the wheel? So I, I started going to the contract manufacturers and say, you know what, you are manufacturing products for uh, lever, ITC, uh, Darbor, and other stuff. They are all contract manufacturing. So I have this uh, composition. I have this uh, that it should go into a can. It should go with an LPG gas. It has a valve, everything which I worked it out. Can you make it for me? They said, of course. So so that is how I, I went to the contract manufacturing. And still, uh, till date, we don't manufacture anything ourselves. Uh we, so you outsource. We outsource, but 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 with a very high degree of quality checks. Very 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 very. I'll say the number one product into that uh, into that vertical. 
so we go with we go to them we negotiate to them and then we 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 uh, get the product from them got it got it and and how did you uh, the the formulation right and i i don't know if this is a trade secret you don't have to tell us if 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 it is but did you do that in house did you work with experts how how was that done just at a very macro level again it was again uh, there's no no secret for it i went behind i went after the hand sanitizer stuff and we see that hand sanitizer kills bacteria uh, it, it kills germs uh, how you can make that better uh, by adding something which can evaporates and it's not harmful for your skin as well because it, it's not been applied on skin it's applied on the surface uh, so by if if by accident you touch your skin as well does it harm your skin so we did the dermatologically tested uh, product so i think i think it was it wasn't a big science about it it's just that i took uh, things which was near uh, which was around me and uh, created my own set of uh, offering uh, uh, so it uh, i'll say it not much of an r&d it's just that the concept uh, uh, so many a time people from racket uh, uh, you know when i when i came back uh, came to uh, uh, in 2015 uh, when they they talked in their board board meeting global board meeting uh, in in london that for donkey years they were worried what is there inside the pot but not a single product manager came out with a solution what is on the pot which i so that credit i i will take take back into my grave that i actually thought up what was on the pot <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no definitely that's <laughs> that's so i'm talking about harpic harpic you can you put in the pot and you clean the pot but you can't put harpic on the uh, on the seat because it's a, it's an acid so you have to clean with water or a jet something like that so i give an opportunity of spraying on a on a on a on a toilet seat well that is turning out to be a really interesting conversation isn't it unfortunately that's all the time we have for today but do catch us in our next episode where we continue the conversation with vikas that's all for today folks we hope that this episode was both instructive as well as enjoyable If you liked it do subscribe and rate us it really helps us out and if you know someone else who might enjoy brand new world do point them in our direction thanks for listening we'll catch you in the next episode